And greetings, greetings, everyone. This is the Soul Citizens, and I am Griffin Gaming RPG, and welcome back to another fun-filled week for Star Citizen. And this week, we are really, really excited. Uh, we've been looking forward to this show. We've got some very, very special guests that are joining us. But before we get to them, I would like to introduce, of course, my co-host and my good friend, Mr. Fastcart. Fastcart, how are you? Say hello. Hello, I'm Fastcart, also known as FC. Um... Uh, this is going to be an interesting one, folks. So st stick around. <laughs> you know, I never call you FC. I think maybe I have to start calling you that because I call Kimmy the professor. So I'm going to have to go to FC now or something. It sounds important. Hey, hey, whatever, whatever you're comfortable with. I, 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 I go FC because it's faster to type on, on a keyboard. It's two letters <laughs> as opposed to eight. Okay. All right, I'll, I'll give consideration to it then. All right, well, listen, let's get to our guests. Uh, we've got some very, very special people here. We've got an international guest. We were talking about this before the show. We've got a great group of people here uh, I want to introduce. Uh, well, first of all, let's talk about the title of the show. The show this week is Role-Playing Organizations. And for those of you who have ever been into role-playing, uh, I'm sure you have a certain passion and a heart for what that term means. Uh, and we're going to be analyzing what role-playing is, not only to each of these guests that are here today, but how it can be played out in Soul Citizen, in the Soul Citizen universe. If it can even be played out in the Soul Citizen universe is going to be another question. And I i can't wait to hear uh, what, what each of our guests say. So um, before we go to them, before we go to them, we're going to have a commercial because we want to show you how serious we are about role-playing. So check this out. And uh, we will be right back and we'll introduce our guests. Fifty years ago, we set out to help Origin Jumpworks go farther. In that time, we learned things. A lot of things. With partners like Origin, we've gone farther than we ever could have imagined. Ultima Hydrogen Plus. Where will it take you? And that's right, folks. That was not a CIG trailer. I want you to know that was done by one of our guests on the show today. Uh, Ultima Energy with uh, Segalian and his folks put that together. Uh, so we're going to get to Segalian in a couple seconds. We're going to start at the far left in here. And introduce our first guest and that's going to be captain kid captain kid welcome to the show and uh tell us a little bit about you your organization anything you want to share with us well thank you. thanks very much for inviting me onto the show and i really enjoy your streams i i didn't know about you uh 
until just a couple of weeks ago, but I watched at least two or three of the streams that you sent me and I was really impressed. So I'm, it's an honor to be here and I'm looking forward to the fun and getting to know um, our other guests as well. So Thanks. yeah, you're welcome. So let's see, the Piracy Brotherhood of Libertalia. So I, I became interested in Star Citizen in early 2016 and uh, TPBL is the name of, of our pirate organization. And after a couple of months of playing, I decided I wanted to start my own org. And um, I really like playing the underdog. It's, it's been my favorite RPG uh, role all the way back uh, in the, to the mid 80s. So um, I did that and I started the pirate organization and then I got interested in testing. So I'm part of the uh, PTU uh, wave one testing group, and I've been doing that for a couple of years, really enjoying it. I've invested a substantial amount of money in Star Citizen, like a lot of my friends I know. I've spent at least $3,000 on, mm. I, guess, I guess, what you could call uh, JPEG spaceships. <laughs> <laughs> some would call, some would call. Yeah, some okay. Call, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm deeply addicted. What can I tell you? Um, uh, hopelessly uh, an addict of RPGs and, and uh, space games particularly. So I'm hooked on games like Skyrim and Witcher and uh, Elite Dangerous. Um, mm -hmm. I'm waiting for Cyberpunk to come out. It's going to okay. be an awesome game. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, so I started gaming gaming in the, in the mid-80s, Tetris and uh, Halo and Super Mario Brothers and Diablo, Mortal Kombat, a lot of the games that Pretty much everybody else has played. So, you know, I played Wing Commander. I didn't know it was connected to Chris Roberts back mm -hmm. in those days. The, the Price of Freedom and and uh, and I think it was Prophecy. Mm -hmm. And I got into Lance Casey's role pretty deeply at that time. I remember. Um, I'm also a, a a survivor of Eve. Mm -hmm. I played I played, <laughs> played Eve mm -hmm. for for some time and uh, until it got exploited by some what I consider to be some very nasty metagamers. I uh, won't talk about that in this uh, interview, but uh, Star Citizen is a unique forum. I love it. Uh, I'm, I've been on board, like I said, since 2016. Mm -hmm. I support it wholeheartedly, and I'm not just in it for myself. I'm not just in it for my pirate org. I'm actually in it for everybody. This has got a huge potential to be a super game, and I want to do everything I can do to support it and have it be as, as fun and rewarding for all preferences, all players. So, so that's a little bit me and my about me and my gaming history. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. You're welcome. Our next guest, Lady Grace, all the way from Australia. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm actually a Kiwi living in Melbourne. Oh wow, um, awesome. So yeah, um, in terms of sort of my origins for gaming. Uh, my first computer game, it took me three goes to type it in correctly while getting the syntax right. So I started out with computer gaming in the days when you had computer magazines that included Ooh, the game. Yes, yes. And you put it on and you keyed it in. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> the good old days. <laughs> yeah, no. It, it was really fun trying to play Caterpillar when they bought out new computers. There you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, so in terms of... Um, most of my gaming started out very traditional. I really enjoyed role-playing games. I loved the storytelling element and the social element that came with tabletop role-playing games. Mm -hmm. Then over time, 
Um, that was a natural transition across to Ultima Online when that came through. Um, so late last century, that was, loved it, absolutely loved it. Um, so over time, I've played different games. I love playing with a group of friends and actually exploring what the game has to offer, preferably in a free open world. Mm -hmm. um, and I really enjoyed uh, Star Wars Galaxies. So mm -hmm. beta tested that, played it, had a Jedi dancer, mm -hmm. as you do. Um, and also did a lot of work with the bioengineering and playing as a doctor in that game. And mm. you know, they were, they were really, it was fun having all these synergies and having these social groups that came out of the gameplay Yes. and the need for players to interact. Um, the battle fatigue system in that game in particular created a real interface between social players and combat orientation, mm -hmm. which was genius. Black rot, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so moving along, ever since that title closed, um, I too have played Eve, uh, rather, you know, mumble more than a decade. Um, <laughs> and yeah, uh, at one point being an FC for logistics command in a, an alliance battle group, we had some really fun battles. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, i um, it would be wrong to think that being a role-playing org means you're a care bear. Mm -hmm. you, you are allowed teeth, and some of us really have played high-level PvP, and none of those exploits. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, so long history of gaming, and really the thing about Star Citizen that really strongly appeals is the potential of this title um, and the ability to try and push the genre forward so it's not just a repeat of the stale old copy stamp that was mm. coming out for a while so yeah really looking forward to what this has to offer that's awesome could you tell us a little bit about your org you have a very unique org you mentioned about the medical profession uh, well uh we're the united empire of earth medical corps so ueemc and our ticket in game is hospital so the org in a lot of ways is really about trying to focus in on medical gameplay and particularly the hospital aspects of that with a view to maximizing both the realism and the fun mm -hmm. because this game was originally pitched with a lot of realism and we want to see that really come through in the game and, and for this game to hit its potential there's been a lot of talk over time about medical systems starting from death of a spaceman uh, and then things like the information when the Endeavour Hope was introduced, mm -hmm. other references to medical being a fully fleshed out profession in Star Citizen. We're a long way away from that at the moment. Uh, but within our organization, we have a lot of people who actually have real world experience mm -hmm. and can actually bring to the table if CIG ever cares to ask us, you know, how to bring more realism through while also being very much about gamers knowing that you've got to have a balance between realism and fun mm -hmm. um, and understanding what that means for a combat player who is waiting to get back to combat because of those mechanics so it, it's an interesting position there where the thing we most want to do in the game is very much still in concept um, which is 
little surprising this far down the track. Mm-hmm. And yet a lot of the systems as they're coming online have been so well done um, that there is real potential there. Uh, but yeah, so our real world backgrounds, our organization has a lot of people who are not medical, but it also includes people who actually are. Um, having come from night shift last night in my hospital, yeah, I'm a bit tired, but <laughs> yeah, I get it what an ER should look like. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And and how long has your org been in existence now in the game, roughly? Uh, pretty much since we were allowed to make orgs. Okay. From the beginning. That's awesome. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you very much. And last but not least, Segalian, tell us a little bit about you and your organization. Hey, Griffin, how's it going? Um, good. Lady Grace, I'm also an Ultima Online fan. Uh, which server did you play on? Can she hear me? Yeah, um, the Oceania one, but also... I think for a while I trespassed on Great Lakes. Okay, I had a thief <laughs> on Great Lakes. <laughs> yeah, so I played a lot of Ultima Online. I want to say like that's where I came from. That's like my roots. Mm. Um, I started with Ultima 6, really, and then I worked backwards from there. Uh, I wasn't born in the 60s, so I wasn't cognizant enough to play Ultima 1. played Ultima 6. That was a good game. <laughs> and uh, CR, he was involved with uh, Ultima 5, if I'm not mistaken, and probably Ultima 4. You know, those Origin games, they, they were special titles. Mm-hmm. I thought that, I used to think that Origin used to make the best games, really. They just had a special personality to them. You know what I mean? Well, they introduced the whole role-playing thing to the, a different level, you know, that we hadn't seen in games prior to that. Everything had been, you know, how to translate from what we considered the board role-play into electronic format was a big deal when it happened back then. You're right. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd argue, like, that was, like, the first sandbox games, really, and they're just mm-hmm. perfect for role-play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I did a lot of that uh, role play in UO. UO is really the nice place to do role play. Mm-hmm. Still is, by the way. I do uh, sometimes I do UO uh, streams on Twitch. Mm. Occasionally on the Saturdays, really, when I'm not, I don't have to do trade. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So how did you get into Star Citizen? What brought you into that? Well, I, I just feel like it's the natural progression. You know, you go from these origin games, and I remember it being 20, 2012, and it seemed like the gaming industry was going kind of stagnant. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of light, you know. Chris Roberts is a beacon of light, I suppose, in his the project of his life, basically. Mm-hmm. So that was really exciting. So I, that's what I mean. Like I've always, I feel like they're my family members, you know, and I I follow anything that they would do. Mm-hmm. Never been disappointed. Mm-hmm. That's great. And tell us a little bit about Ultima. Yeah. Well, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> That's a big question, really. I mean, Ultima is kind of like a brand structure, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or like uh, the society. Uh, basically, it's like uh, an, a community or whatever where people are free to exercise activities or uh, doing things to leverage or uh, in kind of like leveraging the Ultima brand, I suppose. It's more of a mm-hmm. brand, right? Okay. And the thing is, is that, and I know we're going to talk about this a bit more, but like, it's really hard doing the org stuff in Star Citizen. And I feel what Lady Grace is saying about like doing the org thing and there's no mechanic available for it. I mean, Ultima is supposed to be a fueling company, but we don't actually have a fuel mechanic. So there are challenges created with that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. 
so you know because of that i just i do what i do and i have a good time doing it and people come and people go right mm -hmm. and i just want to do whatever i can to make sure that they're successful in their ventures mm -hmm. that's good i know we met in uh 2018 uh in austin and you were one of the select groups that had an actual display set up for people who were attending citizen con and you had quite a few people who came over and very intrigued with your setup uh, in the sense of your display. You had uniforms, outfits, you had pins and all types of great souvenirs there. Uh, and, and, and that's a certain level of dedication and commitment to, as you just mentioned, a game that isn't even fully fleshed out yet. So I admire the fact that you even are, are that much into it, that you feel that confident about the game. And I think your point that you just shared about how difficult it is to start going into these mechanics, even in piracy, Captain Kidd, I'm sure you'd yeah. agree that in, in theme, right, it's there, but the mechanics that you need to actually begin to utilize that particular area of role play uh, isn't been plugged in yet. Same thing with Lady Grace. You know, it's great that we've got a Medipin, but, uh, <laughs> you know, beyond dragging a body now, there's not a lot that's there just yet. And a lot of what I think all of you are committed to is something that is part of the dream still. And we haven't seen it come into fruition yet. So um, we're going to jump in and, and, and do something very quickly. Um, some of you know, last week we made an announcement that one of our friends' uh, home had been, parents' mother's home had been destroyed uh, in a, in a um, uh, basically like a tornado down in Florida. It was at the beginning of this month. And each week this month, we're basically uh, asking folks to give consideration to contributing to help their family in restoring their mother's home. She's a senior. Um, unfortunately, uh, like many seniors who are in certain financial position, she had let her home insurance lapse. And unfortunately, of course, there was no coverage for it. So we just want to take a very quick look at that video very quickly. There's, it'll point you to a GoFundMe page. It's not coming to us. If you feel inclined to give, feel free to do. Uh, for those of you who gave last week, there were a great group of you who gave last week. Thank you so, so much. Uh, if you didn't Thank see you. the video, uh, we want you to take a look at it. If you saw it, just bear with us. It's only about a minute and a half long. And then we're going to come back and dig more into talking about organizations. So we'll be right back. Right now, cleanup efforts are underway in Davie after some severe storms ravaged the area last night. Local 10 Cyra Onward is live at the scene with how a mobile home community is coming together to help each other out. Cyra. So this weather really created a scary situation last night at this Davie Mobile Home Park. But today the stress and fear lies in how are they going to clean this all up? Last night, Local 10 spoke with Rachel McCarty about the damage sustained to her mobile home after a passing of what the National Weather Service called downburst winds. Today, she's left with a mess. Head desperately. <laughs> what does a cleanup like this entail? What needs to be done? Well, as far as the cleanup, the whole front inside is soaking wet. It's going to have to be demoed all the way down to the bare wood. Then you'll have to check the bare wood to see if it's any good and needs to be replaced. But kind neighbors like Marco Ramalotti lending a hand with the cleanup. Trees everywhere, mailboxes knocked down, and obviously this lady lost her roof. But with damage this bad, they could use a hand from you. I went and got her tarps. I have a ladder. What I'm asking for the public, please, anybody can come out here and help us put these tarps up. So we are at Park City Estates in Davie. That's off of Southwest 83rd Terrace. You heard Marco earlier. If you're in the area, they could really use a hand. They've got some heavy tarps that they need help lifting. Help to help this woman who's already been through so much. Her mobile home's basically destroyed. So come out here and help again. Park City Estates. We're live in Davie. Syrah Onward, Local 10 News.
Okay. Well, again, thank you. The link will pop up. I'm sure Fastcart, which he has, has already put it up. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for the follow, Technospoon. Uh, take a look at that link when you guys get time. If you choose to donate, once again, we thank you and appreciate you. And we're going to change the channel back and go right back into role-playing. Um, let's see. I'm going to start with Lady Grace. Lady Grace, uh, first question for you is going to be, and this is, of course, from your perspective. What is role-playing to you in relation to Star Citizen or, or role-playing in general? Let's just leave it there even. I think, for me, role-playing is really storytelling. So taking a story, choosing your part in it, like creating your character or allowing yourself to be the character. And without having any sort of too much definition around it, allowing the story to then be generated around it. Um, so it's really creating the space for other people to tell stories and also to tell the story you want to tell. Um, for my own part, I've done a decent amount of laughing. I really enjoy that. <laughs> um, and I've done a bit of writing in terms of actual literature fiction. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that the essence of it really is not going, I need to do A, I need to pick all of the following things to complete the mission. Mm -hmm. It's taking the time to enjoy the bits between the things you need to do. Uh, and yeah, just and, and giving other people the freedom to explore and to be their character mm. uh, to whatever extent they prefer. Um, so I don't, I don't really put hard rules around what it is and isn't. Mm -hmm. um, I just strongly prefer that things that really don't belong, like real world topics in a role playing setting. Mm -hmm. uh, same way as tabletop, you have, you know, you try not to have all the side chatter that's got nothing to do with the game. Right. Because it interrupts that space for other people to tell their stories. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Captain Kidd, I'll toss it to you now for you. And this is, again, this is your own definition. We're not looking for the Webster, just what you feel role-playing is. No problem. I've got a little bit more of a philosophical approach. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, for me, role-playing is about matching up facets of my inner character or my, my inner nature that I wouldn't normally access on my in my day-to-day -day life. Mm. Um, and it, matching those dimensions of my character up with something in the outer reality, something in, in the genre of video games. So it's kind of a, a, a blending between me reaching inside of myself and discovering maybe facets of my character or personality that I have uh, closeted away or maybe haven't really developed and using the form of, of, of video games as a platform to be able to explore those and even to deepen them and broaden them for myself. So that's, that's one thing. Okay, so you can, you, can, you don't you can't be a swashbuckler in the boardroom, but you can be in the game, basically, right? <laughs> well, I'm no slouch in the boardroom. I'm a leadership <laughs> development expert, and I, I can kick ass. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair but enough. But anyway, so also I think role playing for me is a is a is a very fun and creative process in which I can freely explore um, my depths, like I said, and also hone my skills. There are certain mm. You know, even in, even in a gaming world, when I hone certain skills, 
those skills can be applied into my real world. If I really think about it, there are links and connections between my inner world of, of how I develop my own personality and character and how I, uh, how I apply myself in a video game. They, they mm -hmm. kind of go back and forth for me. Mm. Okay. I do keep the line, though. I do know the difference between fantasy and reality, and that's really important. Okay. <laughs> um, the other thing I want to say about role-playing, uh, and I don't think many people maybe spend a lot of time thinking about this, but I certainly do, and it's, it's not just uh, complying with the roles that are made available by, by uh, video game developers or, uh, uh, or, or those who pioneer new offerings, but... It's also, in my experience, about crafting new dimensions and possibilities of what a role can actually be and what it can mature into. Mm -hmm. So, for example, um, when I started uh, the, the Brotherhood uh, of Libertalia in 2016, I jumped right in with CIG and got involved with them. I even got involved with Chris Roberts on what the real definition of piracy was. And we, mm -hmm. we submitted gaming mechanics, uh, suggestions. Um, we did a piracy code. And I think for me, one of the biggest challenges of, of, of role-playing is to stretch out and, and, and maybe step outside the box and be willing to actually craft what that role or what those roles can become. So for example, in Star Citizen, uh, pirates are not griefers. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing in our organization is crafting a new definition of what the meaning of piracy is and how we can kill the idea of griefers and pirates being the same thing. Mm -hmm. And that's really a challenge, and it's a, it's a role-playing challenge that both I and my uh, gang are up for. I think it's, it's definitely a challenge, considering that people still haven't defined the difference between griefing and PvP. So yeah. you're absolutely right, trying to get that defined and... And there are going to be people who may embrace a definition and then they're going to be those who are going to be like you know it's all subjective to them so you've got a big task in front of you but i admire you for being able to create something that's a bit more organized and has some form to it uh yes segelian how about you role playing what does it mean to you i just want to say to captain kid that i'm unable to distinguish between reality and virtual reality <laughs> Who wants to live in the real world anyway? Star Citizen is a much more sane place to be. I can tell by your emblem there. <laughs> well, from my experience, the nature of roleplay exists as a framework of mechanisms uh, for individuals to perform uh, role-specific activities in mm. a virtual environment. That's it. That's all there is to it. Okay. That's pretty straightforward. I understood some of those, I understood some of those words. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, but no, but it, it's it's a good point. And I think that people can tap into all this. I find it interesting when I listen to everyone's background and what they came out of, uh, particularly with Segelian and with Lady Grace going back to uh, the Ultima series of games. Uh, Lady Grace, I'll speak. For, I'll, I'll just speak for me because I don't want to impose age anywhere. But I was back in those days with the PC magazine, and we used to have to type things in. And when there was just EGA and CGA and all that good stuff, right? Fastcart's raising his finger too. It looks like. So were you in there, Fastcart? You remember that thick copy magazine? Oh, Computer Shopper, Computer Shopper, the big shopper. thick one. Yeah, I got that. I, would, <laughs> I got that every month. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and I remember seeing how things transitioned. Uh, there's something, Captain Kidd, you said, and I think you may have said a little bit too, Lady Grace. Uh, I'm one of those people who that came out of that period that when we did play games or role-playing games, 
there was this idea of exploring every facet and every possibility of those games. No one worried about in-game. Nobody worried about, I finished in 12 hours, right? I mean, it was, you were proud to say I spent 200 hours in something and I'm still in there, right? That was a part of really immersing yourself into games back at that time. And it seems like it's kind of swung away from that. So hopefully we're going to, Fast Car's going to get the next question for you guys, but hopefully we're going to talk about what may be the difficulties with role playing in this day and age. So Fast Card, I'm going to pass it to you. Okay, so how will your org incorporate role-playing in the Star Citizen universe? Like, start with um, Tegelion this time. Uh, I don't know. I don't know because, you know, Fuel's not out. I don't even know what Fuel looks like. I got, like, uh, well, here's the thing. Let me just tell you, Fastcart, is that uh, um, I advertise Ultima as a, a co-op, a Fuel co-op. You know what Fuel co-ops are? Have you heard of Fuel co-ops before? Yeah, okay. So it's a fuel co-op. So it's owned by a whole bunch of people. So, uh, you know, I try and design roles for that. And um, if I see an individual... Sorry? What kind of roles do you you have so far? What kind of roles do we have? Like uh, a Starfarer pilot, Starfarer communication officer, Starfarer Mm. engineer, gas operator, reactor control engineer. Mm. Um, But like... You know, I got to see people in these roles and see if they enjoy these roles. These might not be the right roles for them, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of my job to to try and fit the right person for the right role. Um, and Phil doesn't exist yet. So mm-hmm. soon TM. So good, can I ask you this? Are you considering that your company would be a company that people who, like, we're, we're finding out, I think you guys remember back in the day, CIG took a poll about what was the most popular thing that people wanted to do in Star Citizen. And it was not combat. It was exploration, Right. There are a lot of people that you talk to say, I don't mind being an engineer or being a doctor. Uh, Sigillion, do you think that your your org would be, for example, if I'm into that type of stuff that I could come to you and say, hey, we need somebody who's a really, you know, four star, five star fuel guy. You know what I mean? Will you contract people out to other people or orgs if they need that type of help? How do you I guess when we ask, how do you see it playing out in Star Citizen, I guess. What service will you render or how do you incorporate into it um, so that people will want to call upon you? You know what I mean? I hope so. I mean, that's basically what the whole booth thing is about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Meeting other orgs and building a network so that hopefully one day when fuel's available, they'll know who to come to. Mm. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Lady, Lady Grace, you've got a little bit of a tough one there because medical... Um, and you have a theme, if I'm remembering correctly on your page, and maybe you could tell me what that theme is. I, I'm going to, I'm not going to quote it verbatim, but it says something along the lines of that you all will be willing to help anyone, whether good or bad, something like that. You know what phrase I'm talking about? The quote? <laughs> She's laughing. <laughs> maybe that quote has changed. Maybe it's not the same quote anymore. We will have a lot that we have to answer for. <laughs> uh, well, I think the quote, the, the one you mean, um, the intent is to create a network of safe to spawn on medical ships, which provide players with the confidence they've not just stepped into a trap. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, you're wanted by the UEE. Right. Then you might have some explaining to do. Okay. But the, like, part of the concept, really, for our organization is creating a social space, but also trying to not be within a particular alliance mm-hmm. where 
we're actually providing a UEE service. We're going to go where the fighting is with the, the deliberative intent of trying to ameliorate the suffering of sick and wounded in the field. So that's anyone who's human. Um, sorry, Trevaren. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you're a pirate, you're going to be able to spawn on our ships. If you're a criminal, you're still going to be able to spawn on our ships. And if you just attack the UAE, you're still going to be able to spawn on our ships. But, um, so yeah, anyway, um, we do have a bit of a wild card because part of the problem with the concept of medical gameplay is we don't know how viable medical ships really will be and hospital ships will be, given that they're going to be NPC hospitals on planets. So there's going to be a very real cost to running medical ships in space. There's a real risk. Obviously, you can get shot down. And then you have, you know, actual static hospitals on planets mm -hmm. with everything, mm -hmm. including shopping malls, respawns, all the good stuff. So that's an interesting thing in the design. But eh, we don't care. We're going in anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and little things like if people want to go and attack the Vandal, uh, part of our role-playing concept, we are part of the UEE. Mm -hmm. So if Chris Roberts sent us an order saying the UEE medical fleet is requested to provide immediate assistance to whatever, you know, that's an order. Uh, we'd go. We have LTI for a reason because we expect losses. Mm. Um, but yeah, but in terms of getting out there and trying to enable other people to do the thing they want, which for a lot of people is pure combat. Mm. You know, they don't want to have to mess around with the logistics of hospital ships. Mm -hmm. We love that sort of thing. So, you know, focusing on the niche, focusing on trying to do what we do to an exceptional standard, but also to create a social space where people from different areas and different groups who might not otherwise meet can also share the same deck. Granted, you might have a few Marines standing there watching you going, <laughs> yeah, don't try anything, Nick, it's over there. Um, you know, it is one of those things, we'll see how that goes, but the intent is absolutely there. Um, and already, just in terms of how to frame it, pitching it and setting it up in the style of UEE also gives us some free wins in terms of, okay, how are we going to create the look and feel of it? Uh, we know we can pull off military because a bunch of us are ex-military. So in terms of military communications, military standards, even United States Navy organization for medical ships, you know, we have people amongst our number who can speak to all those things. Myself, I'm ex-army. So it's very, very possible for us to actually sell the role well because we can draw in our individual life experiences to really make it look right. Um, and again, we get those little challenges. Like, I'd rather love CIG to actually sell us in-game uniforms, mm. like UEE uniforms, and dress mm. uniforms. Mm-hmm. We're role players, guys. Yeah, yeah. Stop selling us more pink armor. Best <laughs> <laughs> card you're going to ask. 
Now, have a quick question. So, just to, just to drill down a point exactly, you say that um, you, 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 um, you have provide services to anyone. Is, is that and, and and no one, no one is excluded in that. They, you would have to do something to try and get excluded because trying to maintain in and out lists is rather hard. So okay, good. You know, just, just having a generic, anyone can spawn here. Mm -hmm. um, that does mean that a big part of our organization will be politics. It will be trying to create uh, effectively a red versus blue. So if we're going to have our medical ships deployed where there's a major conflict going on, having observers from both competing parties on the ship to make sure we're still providing services to both sides without favor. You know, that's exactly the sort of thing that we expect will happen. My, my specific example is doing operation pitchfork, which take place at the end of beta, whenever that may be. Um, it's going to be DUE or the players versus the van drill trying to retake the regular system. So, but the, the flip side of that is there are, there actual are um, pro van drill role players out there who will side with the van drills fight against the um the UEE fleet. So my question is like will you will you provide services to the pro van drill players? Honestly yes. And okay. I the only thing that you know I'd probably tee up out of character with them is look, if you're respawning on a UEE medical ship, you can't be role playing as a vandal at that point. It doesn't work. <laughs> But you can all get on, say, a retaliator transport with the mm. drop pod in it. We'll fly you where you need to go. And then we'll pretend that that part didn't happen. <laughs> you know, because we want to support gameplay. Mm -hmm. We want to support players making their own stories. Mm. Uh, and, yeah, you know, the, the whole idea of spawning 20 systems away and having to spend a lot of time coming back is mm -hmm. not so fun. That's great. I, I do have a question before we move on to Captain Kid. And by the way, uh, Crazy Tonk Guy, thank you for the raid. And Farley and Marshall Doctor, thank you guys for the follows. Um, I, I, Sigelian, I know completely how you will finance you because anyone who hires you, they got to pay. I, I'm not worried about you. Uh, Captain Kid, I know how you're going to make your money. I'm not worried about you. Uh, Lady Grace, I'm curious. Will there be a fee? When I spawn on your ship, how will you be supported financially providing this great service to the community? We're going to make do a I get big to pick? loss. <laughs> you did what? What did you say? What'd you say? Sorry. We're going to make a big loss. We're going to have zero fee as our... Really? Oh, okay. That, that's oh, our, okay. our ideal. Um, and I'm not going to lie, there are partner organizations. Mm -hmm. um, so... Will we be moving you wherever you want to go in the verse? No. Mm -hmm. Will we will we be giving you free starships? No. Mm -hmm. um, will we be doing our best to save you and make sure you don't lose a life and the limited number of lives you have before death of a spaceman kicks in? Mm -hmm. Hell yes. We'll do everything we can. Mm. Um, you know, will we come down and try and evacuate you off a planet that's been overrun by Vandal? Of course. You know, will we take losses? Yeah, inevitably. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of funding all of that, 
Well, it's not like we had to pay for half the ships we've got. I mean, we already paid for them. Yeah. And, and, um, uh, and I'm only asking because I, I, and I could understand you may even draw those income sources from maybe agreements that you've made with other orcs, for example, who maybe get greater priority over the general thing that you do. I was just curious whether or not there would be like a, yeah, as soon as I'm getting up out of the bed, there's someone standing there saying, you know, with their calculator, <laughs> you know, uh, I, we have to yeah. put on this hybrid arm and put your eyeball back in. So it's going to cost you X or whether or not it'll be just a matter of you're providing it. Someone actually wrote in comments here, like as if you were uh, doctors without borders, you know, which is a, for me a great analogy of what you're doing, I think. And I think it also lends itself to why we why we shouldn't mess with you. I mean, you're actually rendering a great service to people, as you mentioned. If I got to spawn 10 systems or three systems away, uh, the time saved by me being able to utilize your service could make the difference, you know, in whatever our, my organization is doing in a particular area. So thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, as soon as Griffin asked that question, my, my, my first, my immediate thought was, if it cost me an arm and a leg, do I get to choose which arm and which leg? <laughs> By the way, um, Griffin, they're, they're saying in chat that um, Lady Grace is a bit low. For sure. Oh, she's a little low? Okay, I'll see if I can bring her up a little bit. Uh, let's okay, see. So, Go ahead, Fast so I'm sorry. Captain Kidd. So, Captain Kidd, let's, um, what is, how would your art incorporate role play in the Star Citizen universe? Well, let me see how I can answer that. <laughs> <laughs> He's been waiting 10 minutes for that. <laughs> He's been waiting all week for that. <laughs> Love it. We're going to engage in full-on piracy activity <laughs> in, in the verse to maximize profits and fun. So, for example, we have a dozen what we call piracy dens for exploiting all the facets of outlaw fun. So we've got a group called the Black Angels who are our raid and ambush experts, and there are fighter pilots and and our front, our front uh, men and women to be able to execute uh, on our raids. We have black markets, uh, thieving, of course, uh, fencing, uh, stolen goods. Uh, we've got uh, a smuggling den uh, and a, a variety of other uh, nefarious uh, options for, for uh, low-life outlaws. So we've, we've got everything already set up. All the dens are set up. And we've got officers in charge of each of those dens with um, co-officers and groups. And we've got plans for uh, protocols, how to execute each of, of the different facets of these dens. Um, also, um, uh, our org title refers to Libertalia. And Libertalia in, I can't remember, it's in Old Pirate or something, means uh, liberty and freedom, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it's an actual 17th century piracy stronghold. Uh, that was known to, to exist. And so we plan on establishing two Libertalia bases of operation for piracy. One of them is going to be mobile. Uh, we own a Kraken uh, mm -hmm. privateer, so we'll be, we'll be manning and womaning that. Mm -hmm. uh, and we also are going to have a fixed base, probably in Pyro or somewhere else, uh, that's a clandestine, um, maybe uh, asteroid-centered uh, base or moon base. Mm -hmm. We're also well organized with a full complement of, of, uh, of uh, experienced officers and support teams. Um, uh, and like I said, we've got raid protocols already outlined and we've practiced them. Um, 
Plus, we have a profit sharing plan for everybody in the org. This isn't about me. I'm not going to take all the profits. We actually share in the risks and the rewards together as a, as a gang. Mm-hmm. And we have a compensation system for those who get wounded or damaged in a way to to uh, to maybe reinstate their ships or uh, refurbish uh, broken components or systems and things. So we've got all of that worked out. Um, no, real quick about that specific part. Is that is that something similar to how they did with an Eve in different corporations and Eve, like if your, if your ship get blown up or whatever to compensate you? Yeah, yeah. But there's also other games that 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 endorse it. But it's really we based it off of the 17th century uh, pirate templates, where actually a, a, a pirate group on a ship was a family, and they took care of everybody. So if you lost an arm or a leg in a sword fight. Um, you would get compensated uh, for all future battles, even if you couldn't, even if you couldn't uh, yield a sword. You could cook a meal, or you could uh, you could uh, take care of guard the, the 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 barrels of rum, or you could do something. And it was really a very supportive kind of environment. So instead of a group of cutthroats who would who would kill each other at any at any turn, it's really about a camaraderie, a working together. Uh, and, and having things really work for everybody as a collective. So, so like that. Um, Very cool. But one of the biggest fun things, I think, is, is the actual scenarios that we've acted out. So when Jumptown was active back in 3.4, we, we executed a lot of our raid protocols. We had a blast. We had such a good time. Mm-hmm. When the Hammerhead first came out, we, mm-hmm. we manned it with a bunch of other ships and had battles, and we took... We took uh, control of Jumptown for, for a while and then lost control and back and forth. <laughs> so we've got this approach that we developed through the actual gameplay called skill. Mm-hmm. So another way we're going to incorporate role-playing is by defining specific protocols that are relevant to piracy and pirating. So skill, S-K-I-L-L, pertains to the S, which means to stun our targets first, so, for example, let's say uh, 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 Leon and Lady Grace, let's say that you had met up in the verse and uh, Leon, you were going to provide fuel uh, or some kind of support supplies for Lady Grace's med, uh, med ships. Uh, so what we do is we'd wait for you to meet up and we would have already tracked you. We would have scanned you. We would have known what your... What your uh, uh, capabilities are what your liabilities are what your what your what your normal routes are what your uh, executional plans are so we do all our homework in advance and then we'd stun your ships um, using our uh, mpgs either maybe warlocks or or uh, or other uh, emp equipped ships the k in skill is we'd kill your crew only if you tried to attack us so what's different about the, the, the Piracy Brotherhood of Libertalia is rather than just KOSing, we do not kill on site. We warn first, we raise a Jolly uh, Roger flag, we warn our targets, uh, we let them know what the consequences are. If they attack us, then we'll kill them, or if they run away, uh, then we'll, we'll also uh, come after them. But we'll always warn first, and that's, I think, a crucial distinction about what our Piracy Org is about. The I in the skill, so we've got stun, we've got kill. The I is to inform you of our demands. So we'll scan your ships, uh, but we'll never take everything on your ships. We will negotiate a portion of your uh, cargo, not all of it. 
because if we wind up being greedy, we get a negative reputation already, a bad reputation for piracy. But for us, it's about taking a fair share and really working the strategy and the negotiation facets of, of the role play in the gaming. Uh, so, uh, so we will uh, inform you of what our demands are and uh, you will comply with them. Uh, the L in skill is that um, we will loot your ship uh, of uh, uh, maybe uh, precious medical supplies, fuel, uh, possibly equipment and components that we might need for our future raids. Um, but we'll only raid and loot your ship depending on your attitude and on our attitude. So rather than taking the the badass approach of slaying everybody in sight and destroying ships and taking everything. We're very discerning about our piracy and we do it based on what we get back from you as targets and marks. Mm -hmm. The last L in skill is we'll leave your crew alive. Okay. And uh, any casualties that uh, get incurred during our raid or our execution of our raid with, with, with both of your organizations, mm -hmm. uh, we want to let you know that what we do is we will offer assistance to take those wounded to a, to a base, a port of call, uh, or a, a medical facility, and we'll help in the transport of getting those those wounded to a place where they can get taken care of. So it's a little different than just being a blackbeard cutthroat. We actually uh, have what I call wicked nobility in our group. Okay, I'm going to Lady Grace, if you if you if you may. I'm going to use my psychic powers all the way in the States, and I'm going to read Lady Grace's mind in Australia. And I'm going to tell you exactly what she was thinking. She's thinking you have too many letters in that word. If you aren't working by that second letter, we're going to blow you out of the sky. That's at least what I think that's what she was saying. I'm teasing, but I know Lady Grace and her group, she has made it very clear that they're not just nurses sitting out on a ship they're going to have their own protection out there waiting for such things. So maybe by the time you get to that third letter, you might be being fired upon. Am I, is that what, Lady Grace, was that what your face was kind of saying a little bit back there? Or, or would I read you wrong? <laughs> I, I was kind of thinking, there were, there were two parts to what I was thinking. One is distress call. Mm. Mm. Two, huge shields. <laughs> <laughs> And, 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 I, and I'm teasing about it. I love the fact that you've given that much thought to it because I, that yeah. is a part of role play, right? And again, yeah, we don't yeah. know what the response will be. Uh, yeah. you know, and, and so I want to come down to Segelian. Here's a question for you, Segelian, because you kind of alluded to this a little bit with the difficulty of how role playing hasn't been completely mapped out in Star Citizen yet, or not role playing, but our, our careers. Are there any difficulties right now with you sustaining an org? Any what are the difficulties of kind of keeping it going when you have a role-playing themed org? I know we have the normal personality stuff and all that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what keeps the people interested while you are waiting on these mechanics. Well, like I say, people come and they go. That's kind mm -hmm. of the nature of Star Citizen. I accept that. Um, you know, it's a social organization. It's a, it's a co-op. It's a fuel co-op. So mm -hmm. I really try and run it like that. People come in with these crazy ideas mm -hmm. and I just, I, I help them with those ideas and, mm -hmm. They grow, they develop. If they take Ultima a little, a couple steps further in their travels, then that's mm -hmm. a cool thing. But I don't do much any more than that, you mm -hmm. know? But that's great. I mean, you do cultivate and develop it even while you're waiting on those mechanics to come in, right? Even I know there's a lot we don't know that's in concrete, but it sounds like you are laying some type of groundwork. And like you mentioned about the roles earlier, you've started working on something 
as simple as that, just because we know how ships are made. You know that they're going to need certain positions and roles on ships, right? Yeah, and I try and, like, RP is, is a huge part of, of my activities in this game. That's mm-hmm. why, you know, I, well, I do what I do. But, um, I ha- you know, and I had this conversation with Chris, actually, in that the way to a sustainable future in Star Citizen is through roleplay. Mm. The community-developed content. And, uh, you know, I, I take that from Ultima, what I learned in Ultima. Mm-hmm. So I want to take everything from that and apply it to this. So if I can just kind of help other people out and we do our own thing. and But I, I always try to enforce the rules. No matter mm-hmm. what happens, all the shenanigans we get involved with, I always try and have RP as the basis and the foundation. But I'll tell you one thing. When fuel's out in game, man, I'm going to go hard into it. Mm. Like, there's a, I'm not going to hold back, that's for sure. Very cool. Very cool. Lady Grace, what about you? Are there things that you guys do to kind of keep the momentum going while you're waiting for these mechanics to start getting developed out? Um, to be honest, a lot of us are more focused on the real world mm-hmm. um, because a lot of the medical gameplay is a long way out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish we had a more up-to-date design that was being openly discussed mm-hmm. and invited for input. But I... Uh, we just don't know. We know what the old designs were. We know what was discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that there's art for artificial limbs, mm-hmm. but we really just don't know. So um, currently we haven't been trying to recruit large numbers at all mm-hmm. because it's just not, it's too soon to right. recruit for a medical org. But in terms of officers, people with real-world medical experience, mm-hmm. people who've got an Endeavor Hope who want to be part of our organization, we're, we're not going to turn them away. Um, mm. But a lot of that is really holding the idea for the future. And mm-hmm. Staying available and keeping medical gameplay as distinct as simply combat medic on the table, because we want more than just being a combat medic. Mm-hmm. Um, we have plenty of people who are going to love doing that. We've got some ideas around that ourselves for our members. But in terms of the wider picture, it's little things like, can we please have an Avenger ambulance variant? They mm. made the original two-seater version. They, made, mm-hmm. they designed the cockpit. It's got the right space for it. Mm-hmm. Perfect ambulance. Um, even if it's just like a a lower grade bed than the red has no respawn it just keeps somebody alive while you haul them back mm-hmm. um why not um so you know just continuing to feedback the ideas um and yeah there, there are real challenges there mm-hmm. with so distant but that's also part of why we haven't tried to recruit large numbers because the gameplay just isn't there yet for me right. okay um but yeah, we, we still have fun in the game. Um, we still explore our ships. And I can't wait for retaliators to actually get um, rudders and ailerons. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Captain Kidd, for you, piracy, um, it's talked about so much in-game. Uh, it's, what, what do you do to keep your folks going? Like right now, we can't do the mechanics of piracy, right? And we can't just run around and say har all the time. Pardon the bad joke. So what is it that you guys are doing to keep, do you do social events together? Uh, what, what do you do to keep things going for your org until it gets kicked in? Well, kind of ditto on what Lady Grace said. Um, the mechanics are definitely not in for piracy. Um, 
and we we are we're waiting on even stability uh, for the game as a tester in in uh, with PTU. Uh, I've I've tested all the way back from 2.6, and probably around 3.4 was the most stable and the most fun for for all of us. So um, we haven't done any large group gaming uh, for some time because basically we just can't we can't get in together or it takes two hours to just get in the same port of call let alone uh, begin to initiate a mission so what we've done um, is we spend our time uh, exploring the different piracy uh, weak uh, weaknesses of uh, capital ships um, of uh, fighter ships where we can uh, breach hull how we can breach hulls um, what the protocols are, how we're going to do tracking, um, a lot of research gathering in terms of trade routes and understanding things like mining, um, things like uh, where the big fuel supply um, processing plants are going to be. Mm -hmm. So a lot of reconnaissance and exploration of charting out what the most profitable piracy hit points are going to be. So. Uh, we, we spend time doing that. We socialize together, but uh, honestly, a lot of the group is is uh, is offline. They're they're with their families. They're mm -hmm. they're playing other games. I'm even I'm playing Witcher three more than I am mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, captaining my own ship. But mm -hmm. I, I stay involved every day. Mm -hmm. I, I keep nurturing and supporting the the, the organization, uh, doing what I can to be able to educate uh, new incoming outlaws on what. Piracy is, at least from our perspective, not that we have the corner on it. We don't think right. we we know the real answer to piracy, but but certainly there's education going on. There's training, uh, getting people um, equipped on dual stick setups, uh, getting away from mouse and keyboard so that there's more options. Researching things like voice attack and how it can be used in conjunction with dual sticks or HOTAS setups. So a lot of the the gear, well, we we do a lot of gear conversations, a lot of uh, also charting out where the uh, 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 main supplies are, where the cargo, what best cargo drugs and uh, missions and things like that. So, so that's that's really what we spend our time on until hopefully 4.0 or maybe a little bit beyond when we get more stability and some of these uh, piracy mechanics that we submitted to CIG over two years ago uh, will start coming to fruition and then then we'll then we'll start cashing in okay well I, I'm, random question sure you're running right so um Shigali and, and captain kid mentioned they, they both personally talked to Chris. lady grace have you talked to anyone in cig about the, about um the medical outplay i've i've communicated via the forums um one of my good friends uh, is a pharmacist and actually designed a medical system that would actually use medications and active states to mimic real-world medications mm. in a game setting. Unfortunately, he never got a reply back. So, you know, it, it's very much one of those things. We remain available to chat with them, but I think being on the other side of the planet makes it a lot harder. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can't go to a concierge event here and just say hi to the top designers. They're on, they're literally on the other side of the planet. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a bit of a challenge. Mm -hmm. um, the other one is I, I simply don't know where medical gameplay is yet. It's mm -hmm. entirely possible that they want to get the combat 
like the front end of combat right first. Uh, so yeah, they, they might simply not be ready to have those conversations yet. You know, we, Lady Grace, we just had a conversation on uh, Astro Pub show yesterday, and the question was about what is the best way to get information or suggestion or ideas to CIG. And you mentioned Spectrum, and they and and everyone that we've talked to has always said Spectrum is the way to go. What I would suggest, and, and for any of you, is Squeaky Wheel gets the grease. There are some aspects of the gameplay that people aren't even thinking about, like medical, where you guys can lend a tremendous amount of you know real world professional, but also the fact that you're gamers. And I, I truly would encourage you to continue to beat the drum, you know, continue to put things out there because they do. CIG does pay attention. We don't because we don't hear from them does not mean that they don't see it. They really do go out and look at the forums. Um, I know I put out some stuff when the whole thing came up about, you know, the tier one, tier two, tier three bed thing, all that stuff. I wrote up a whole long thing about it. Haven't heard back, but please stay with it because there are a lot of us who think that medical like. I'm a big person on all the medical ships. I want to be able to use them, and I can't wait to see what that mechanic is going to be like. Um, so definitely, please, please continue to uh, to ring the bell with that because they may be listening more than more than we know. Are you going to say something, Fast Card? And, and also, I'm, I'm, I know everyone here knows that for people who, who viewing may not know, but even if you do make a suggestion, you may not see results of it until like, you know, like a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, and that does happen, absolutely. I think fast card froze up on us. <laughs> no. All right. Um, I'm going to preclude this next question. And this is a tough one. And I'm actually putting this out to chat as well. Uh, when we talk about role play, as you saw, my name is Griffin Gaming RPG. That's because I love role playing. So I'm on the side of these people. But these questions I'm going to ask are going to be some real hard questions. Uh, this one is not on the list that you guys read because it's the precursor to the questions that you saw. And here it is. In role-playing games, let's use Dungeons & Dragons, for example, right? In Dungeons & Dragons, there are rules. And no one can just come in and play Dungeons & Dragons and do what they want to do, right? If you're playing Dungeons & Dragons, you have to play by the rules. And because those guardrails are there, everyone has to, in some way or other, become immersive and adopt themselves to some role in the game. Beyond just being a career, Right. I'm not talking about just being a thief. You have to act like a thief. Right. How do you see in Star Citizen that happening in a way? Because the re someone has mentioned this in chat already. I think you might, might agree that the majority of the people who are going to play Star Citizen, even though it's called an MMORPG, they're MMOing. They're not RPGing. So my question becomes, how will you be able to gain enjoyment when maybe 50%, 60, maybe 80% of the people who play the game could care less about RPG. What they want to do is go in and do a career. They want to go in and be a fighter or they want to explore, but, but RPG is not what they're thinking about. Will, will you sustain it through your organization? In other words, as long as my org is doing it, we're fine. Is it a matter of if I know other orgs that are doing it, we'll partner with them? How do you see yourself? And, I, and we're just going to kind of combine this positive and negative. What is the negative side to role-playing in Star Citizen? And what do you see the positive side? So, uh, Segalian, I'm going to start with you on this one. Okay, cool. Uh, also, I do want to take a second and shout out Media Flare. If you guys don't know Media Flare, he's the like the leader of Star Citizen Roleplay Org. So, oh, like, he, sh he should really be sitting here in my place right now. Because, uh, like, I don't know, I've been to a couple of his events and they're pretty sweet. Awesome. And, uh, you know, one thing I got to mention about the uh, role play in Star Citizen, just off of firsthand experience, is like if the tech's broken, you really can't 
it's a challenge to have story community develop storylines. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and we learned that as well uh, at the Daymar Rally. We tried to have a role play stream for the mm -hmm. Daymar Rally, and it's like, oh, uh, a sandworm come came and and killed everybody. You know, it's like we <laughs> have to invent these story arcs to explain things and care. Anyways, it doesn't matter, but challenges that we have. Anyways, to answer your question, you got three questions roped into one here, which is kind of unfair, but that's okay. I won't no, no, no. Take, take whichever ones you want to take. I, I, that's why I precluded it. I wanted to lay down this whole thing about role play before you start answering the questions. That's all, that's all I was trying to do. You can pick whichever way you want to answer it. Okay. Well, I would say that the game systems are probably going to be... Uh, well, I, I support the automation of role play. I think that you can automate role play the acting, the behavior, all of it through game mechanics. And I think that's what they'll execute with Star Citizen. Uh, I've seen this uh, in person when I see uh, pew pew PVP people or whatever, uh, you know, they adopt a character because they just have a play style, right? They have to interface with the game through a certain behavior or a set of behaviors. And through this, it, it acts as a mechanism. It's like manipulating them, changing their personality into who they are in the virtual world. So I think you got the game system in there doing that, and you also got to have this this adoption by like our own psyche almost to be mm. to be in this environment. It affects our brain. So so I think it'll happen naturally. I'm not worried about it. I I'm mm -hmm. just going to create systems for make Ultima a great place and adhere to all the rules of a co-op, mm -hmm. and I think it'll be happy. I don't think there's any any negative sides to role play. I think that it's it's the best way to have a long-term sustainable game environment. Mm -hmm. Okay, fair enough. Thank you. Uh, Lady Grace, do you see any negatives to being able to do role play in Star Citizen's universe? Uh, and what are the positives you see to doing it in the universe? Uh, for me, I look at the mechanics and I think we're missing things here still. Mm -hmm. uh, so in terms of social gameplay mechanics, for a long time, you know, I thought we were going to go more down a path like Star Wars Galaxies, where there were genuinely social careers and social mm -hmm. professions. Um, social seems to have become a synonym for org management tools and group finder. Um, so I hope CIG move away from that and start putting in truly social roles. Uh, so it remains to be seen just how much sand there is in the sandbox, essentially. Mm. Uh, but I think part of the, the challenge with role-playing is if you set your expectations that everybody in the world is going to be playing a script and they're all going to be actors all of the time, mm -hmm. uh, and you're setting yourself up for an unrealistic expectation. Mm -hmm. um, I completely agree that if the systems are there, so if players who are economically focused want to make money, and they're undocking their whole sea and trading goods to make money, they are in the role, mm -hmm. whether they intend to be or not. Um, so the mechanics can strongly support functional role-playing. Mm -hmm. um, but it really comes down to how do you set what you want to do? Uh, for example, we'll promote military communications because they're incredibly efficient. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll just start using them when it's appropriate. Mm -hmm. And that will drive behaviors because there is no more efficient way to do this. Mm -hmm. And um, people 
people will probably join us simply because this is how we do things. It works well. It works extremely well if you're working with other veteran organizations. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, that's that's the sort of one where um, role playing can essentially grow from necessity. Um, but yeah, I think part of the beauty of the verse is that we don't know what the final form will be. We don't know what people will be able to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't want to put too much, uh, too many sort of limitations around that because we might be quite surprised by some of the creativity of players. Mm -hmm. Equally, there's a huge risk that there'll be a large block of players who simply want to win at all costs and their definition of win is to stop other people playing. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, we've seen that in some other MMOs mm -hmm. where there are a significant number of players who they see winning as stopping other people who are different to them from playing. Right. Um, but that's not a challenge I have to solve. That's a challenge CIG has to solve. Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's not going to be unique to this game. It's not new. Right. It's well known in the industry. So that will be a very real challenge, but a challenge to the entire project. Mm -hmm. uh, so again, that's, that's one of those great unknowns. We'll see how they deal with that. Okay, thank you. Captain Kidd, thoughts? Yeah, I kind of concur with what Lady Grace is saying. Um, those who want to stop others from doing what brings them joy or fun, I think is a bigger challenge than... Um, whether people stay in a role-playing uh, scenario or not. Mm -hmm. um, for us, as pirates, it really doesn't matter all that much. For us, we, we, we're happy to pillage a brothel or a monastery. Um, so so uh, <laughs> we'll take them both. Um, but we're going to do it with good sportsmanship. And this is, I think, above everything else, I think the biggest challenge is how to encourage and maintain good sportsmanship in Star Citizen because it's such a vast genre and there, there will be game mechanics and, and, and uh, they're gonna be much tighter even than they are now. And we're actually glad that they are because um, flying under the radar is gonna be one of the biggest challenges for, for piracy organizations is how do, you, how do you work around these mechanics that have been put in. But, it's not about stopping other players or, or causing them grief. It's about playing in a way that we can win, but not at the expense of somebody else losing. Now that may be a panacea, and a lot of a lot of and and I had a, some big disagreements with the outlaw organization when I first came in in 2016. There's some people even in your orgs um, that. Uh, I've, I've had some dealings with, um, and uh, I'm fairly steadfast about having piracy be uh, recognized as a viable gameplay option for Star Citizen. I think it's essential to have risk uh, in these in, in this game, um, but not not the kind of risk that punishes everybody and griefs them over and over and over again. So for me, the biggest challenge is going to be how to navigate. Uh, supporting the outlaw community in maturing their approach um, to, at least for those who see uh, that a real PvP game and MMO 
it really needs to work for everybody in order for it to work for anybody in, in particular. I guess if you're an asset, it doesn't matter. You'll do whatever you want to do. And there are those who do and will. Uh, but for us, uh, the role playing restrictions or the challenges are really secondary to to us uh, dealing with this issue of how to how to bring a respectable name to the uh, the, the role playing of piracy. Okay, awesome. Uber nerd, thank you so so much for the raid. We had a wonderful 100 and some odd plus people, 137 people drop in. Welcome everybody to the Soul Citizens, and we are talking about role playing in Star Citizen. We have three wonderful guests. We have Segelian, we have Lady Grace, and we have Captain Kid. Uh, I want to reflect back to something that you mentioned, Lady Grace, earlier. You mentioned about Star Wars Galaxies. Um, I was a big Star Wars Galaxies player. I cried when Star Wars Galaxies died. I mean, I, it destroyed me. I was in it from when it started uh, all the way till they did the big update where they reduced us from 33 careers down to six. And at that point, I was done, right? Um, Star Wars Galaxies, and I, I, I agree with you. I kind of equate or hope there are things about Star Citizen that I, I kind of wish we see translate that way. But Star Wars Galaxies had one advantage. The advantage was that there was a universe that was created that most of us understood, grew up with, and knew about. And we entered into that universe with a tremendous amount of anticipation. Um, we wanted to meet Han Solo. You know what I mean? We wanted to go to Jabba's palace. Those were things that in some ways uh, brought us into an immersive space of wanting to be in the quote unquote Star Wars universe. Star Citizen, though it has lore, Many of its players don't know a lot of that lore, and that backdrop is not there for everyone. What some people see as a space sim, what some people say is a you know an MMORPG. Do you think that Star Citizen can build itself the same way? Because in Galaxies, sure you had people that were doing crazy things, but people were to me, it felt like people were in Galaxies because of the movies, the books, everything that withdrew them. Do you think that the community could have that same level of interaction that we had in star wars galaxies because i still feel star wars galaxy has that edge had that edge maybe more than star citizen does uh -huh. and anybody can answer that i don't want to put lady grace on on the, on the platform but she was <laughs> she mentioned it twice and when she said star wars galaxies that hit my heart so if anyone wants to comment about that feel free i can oh, say hello. something really quick yeah go ahead yeah that uh, Star Wars, the thing that made Star Wars Galaxies a success was the fidelity of Ultima Online. That's all. Explain. You know, it's got like the crafting and it's got the, uh, you know, the dancing and the musicianship, just this nonsense crap in it that's perfect for role playing. And again, it's, it's the role playing element, that uh, mechanisms around that that make an enjoyable experience, an unforgettable experience. Right. And, but to Lady Grace's point, Star Wars Galaxies was the first game that I ever played where people would pick up a career, like what most gamers would consider careers that they could care less about. Like, for example, there were people who stayed in the cantina freaking all day long. They didn't care about flying a ship. They didn't care about anything else. There were people who did medicine, and that's all they did. I mean, that was a unique thing to see in a game. I remember one guy, we used to contract him to make our uniforms. He'd make 200 uniforms from my org, and that's all he did was produce clothing. And so I guess what I'm saying is that was I've never seen a game do that before. And, I, and, I, and I, even though we do have careers in Star Citizen, I'm just curious. To me, that was something that made people hang in there with that game. Even when it was broken, 
People loved it. It was unique. It was unique, and I don't think Star Citizen can match it. But that doesn't mean Star Citizen isn't going to be something incredible uh, within its own right. I think subsumption and the advancements in technology and the way Mm -hmm. that um, the, the, um, uh, what is it, the finance system uh, is oh, the economics mm-hmm. with the, the quanta quanta mm-hmm. that's going to change it's going to change a lot and it's going to add a lot of dimension so the the the, the absolute uh magic uh of what you're talking about can't be reproduced specifically but i think it's going to come about in other in these other venues and forums for a star citizen mm. okay okay yeah all right if i may sure um i think just talking back to your point, Star Citizen had a, a wrong. Uh, Star Wars Galaxies had a lot of people try the game because of the name. Mm-hmm. The people stayed because of the gameplay and the system. Mm-hmm. And one of the genius elements in that game, to my mind, was the battle fatigue system. Mm-hmm. So over time, you accumulated non-repairable damage that mm-hmm. you had to step away from combat to do anything about. Right. You had to see a doctor to get rid of your health and stamina black bars. Mm-hmm. And you had to go and watch an entertainer to get rid of your mental pull damage. Mm-hmm. So that forced combat players after an extended period of combat to stop and go and seek out social players. Right. And it gave genuine value to those social professions. I think one of the critical mistakes that's overlooked in Star Star Wars Galaxy's sort of game evolution was they changed that from a post-combat activity that joined combat characters who had a story to tell Mm -hmm. to people who inherently wanted to listen to those stories. Mm -hmm. So how did you get those wounds? Was the classic opening line in the cantina. Right. And, you know, you've seen a bit of action. What have you been up to? Right. There were lots of openings there for people from very different playgroups to actually talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And somebody who had completely black bars really did have a story to tell. Mm-hmm. They'd been up to some mischief. Anyway, so it brought those two groups together after there was a story to tell. Unfortunately, what they did later was they changed it to buffing. Yeah. So if you wanted to do ground PvP, you needed to get a buff from a doctor and you right. needed to get a buff from an entertainer to be competitive in PvP. So then it became a time sink chore when you did not have a story to share. Mm-hmm. It just became a chore to get the buffs to be competitive. So people didn't want to have to go and find somebody like that. So botting became Bots a thing. Bots became a thing, right, yep. <laughs> yep. Because everybody needed to be buffed. If you wanted to go to a fight and you wanted mm-hmm. to win, you needed the buffs. Um, so bots were everywhere, every little town had a set of bots going and that was it the game was in trouble because it no longer had those two different groups coming together to right. the social heart of the game star citizen currently has no equivalent in the design that i can see of a battle fatigue system and yet it's uniquely positioned to be able to have such a thing both because they have really great designers they have the depth and the talent to be able to do whatever they want mm-hmm. but they also have actual sci-fi movie references for it mm-hmm. you think back to when ripley's in the virtual uh, forest waiting for her hearing in one of the movies mm-hmm. the 
that's dealing with the battle fatigue if sort of parallel of what she's been through they also have like the olympic class which is going to have farms they could very easily just have gardens Mm -hmm. so part of uh the assistance could actually be that after a certain point your character has so much fatigue that they need to go and go to a canteen they need to have a drink Mm -hmm. they need to go and watch some dances or they need to go and walk in the garden and they can create all of those different options within the averse and and have a mechanism whereby combat characters once they have a story to tell mm-hmm. can go and visit the people who don't want to go anywhere near combat and interact in the same way so star citizen can create the stages upon which people connect and upon which role playing can happen and where role players can draw in combat players or not and you just click respawn and then we've got lemming fest um so it remains to be seen when that goes okay Sorry. you mentioned um no no problem you mentioned battle fatigue um so star citizen doesn't seem to have that per se yet but they do have like food you require to eat every so often and drink every so often and star citizen has that temperature um difference it's like if you get too too cold or too hot your, your character is affected so it, it we may not have like combat fatigue in per se but it does have certain role-play elements in it that um that are specific to star citizens how do you feel about that i think one of the things that is likely to happen in this game is a morale value not calling it battle fatigue but actually Mm. just calling it morale is what Mm -hmm. i call it and the reason why star citizen actually needs one is because you need a number where your npc crew want to mutiny or want to get off at the next port mm. and so with food and provisioning your ship it, it shouldn't just be i buy enough of that they're always happy mm-hmm. they've got all these mini games in the design they've got air hockey tables they've got vending machines right they're going to be npc crew if you don't keep your crew happy they should you should have a problem it shouldn't be an onerous task but that really suggests that there'd be a hidden stat from morale or equivalent and if all players had a morale or equivalent, you achieve something, you win the battle, your morale goes up, no mm-hmm. problem. You lose repeatedly at some point, you should be taken out of the fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, because especially with the current mechanic design for respawning, mm-hmm. uh, there is a real possibility that people will just wave spawn, which is not what they want. Mm-hmm. You know, from Death of the Spaceman, it's obviously not what they want for their game. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of preserving the integrity of the universe having a system that forces you to step back rather than just click respawn over and over again until you overwhelm your opponent uh, it, it's something for them to consider in the design we'll see where it goes mm-hmm. Sigelian, if you don't mind me asking you i was thinking about you were mentioning earlier about the co-op and being able to provide those services to people in the game how do would will your Will your org also um, secure the raw resources to be able to produce, for example, fuel? Or is that something that you would look to contract from someone else where someone else does the mining aspect and then it, you know you either purchase it or have strike a deal with them? How would you role play that aspect of it? It's funny how you look at this. You know, I mentioned before uh, to Captain Kidd that I have a hard time distinguishing between the real world and the virtual world. 
because uh, like all the things that you just asked me, I'm are, like I'm doing, but I'm not doing it from a role play perspective. Uh, United Earth Mining Corporation, I'm trying to get in bed with them as much as possible. Uh, you know, I've talked with a number of their members. Uh, I'm going to have Tessa D on my podcast next week or this week, this oh, Friday. Um, nice. So like obvi obviously I'm trying to extend relationships as much as possible. I don't like mining. Do you like mining? I love mining. You guys Personally, like mining? Gosh. I love mining. Ah, I can't stand it. I <laughs> so like, I don't want to do mining. mining. Yeah, I, I just didn't know if mining was a branch of your company or whether it's just something that you would contract out. That's what I was kind of curious about. Well, it's a co-op. So if someone comes here and they're saying, you know what, I'd love to lead your mining ventures, I would say, okay. Okay. No cool. problem. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. There's some partnerships there. That That's awesome. Absolutely. Totally. Awesome. And Captain Kidd, I'm going to hit you with the last question for tonight. Um, I know that uh, without getting into too much of the weeds, uh, you've spent a lot of time uh, defining your pirate code, uh, distinguishing the difference between piracy, PvP, griefing, um, uh, mercenaries. Uh, you, you've, you've gone through this great list of things that are there. Um, yeah. Right now, as you know, that they've introduced the prison system, the law system, uh, and I'm sure your group is definitely looking forward to the pyro system, which brings you into a different yes. space of gameplay, right? That's right. Um, how, how do you see, um, you mentioned earlier about having both this twofold thing, a mobile aspect of your group, as well as obviously a secret or hidden base where you guys would operate from. Yeah. There's going to be also competition for you in the aspects of NPCs. Uh, to Lady Grace's point, I was just thinking about in my head, I, Lady Grace, I actually have photos of what the cantinas used to look like in their heyday and they were so many people in there you couldn't even read the names of the people that were there uh we go in star citizens bars and it's empty right <laughs> so um my question becomes when npcs become a greater factor in this uh have you started thinking about uh because they've talked about how npcs may come after you because of your reputation and we are outnumbered by npcs nine to one in the game um how, how have you started thinking about that logistically uh, if you're going to set up a base somewhere, are you going to be able to pick up and move, for example, if things get too hot in a sector for you? What, what are you thinking about for that? Planning on having two bases of operation, one mobile and the other fixed. So we can cycle back and forth. If one gets too hot, then we can we can put more of our resources and our staffing in the other and then vice versa. So it's really about uh, piracy to me is, is about uh, adaptation, flexibility. Um, flying under the radar, uh, watching the ebb and flow of the game, the trade route. So it's really a dynamic challenge for us. And I, I don't have all the answers right now, but I certainly, uh, I certainly have surrounded myself with the right, with the right uh, outlaws because the, the people in, in uh, TPBL are, are pretty well experienced gamers uh, and they know the ins and outs of, of um, of, of rating and 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 uh, combat and strategy. So uh, we're looking forward to the challenges. I don't I don't know exactly how we're going to deal with NPCs. I actually have an axe to grind with CIG about the piracy uh, NPCs. I don't think uh, they're representing piracy correctly. I think it's adding to the problem. So um, with respect to NPCs, I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know that uh, Subsumption is going to handle some of the autom automated. Uh, challenges. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also think just thinking on our feet and adapting and, and being flexible is going to be the, the best solution for us. So other than that, I really don't know how to answer your question. 
Okay. Mm. No, that was a, that was a good answer. I don't want you to give away any secrets either, so that's fine. Wait. And I don't want you to give away any secrets. Well, listen. Um, no, 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 real quick, I'm gonna ask him. So, so where's where's your fixed base gonna be? <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be in the coil, and we'll be right next to the big meteor system, so you can come here. Just ransack our ass. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, the last question I want to ask each of you is, and I really do appreciate, again, we appreciate you guys coming on the show. I appreciate the fact that you guys have taken so much, given so much thought to this game. Uh, for those of us who've been around any length of time, some of us have been around just a couple of years. Some of us have been around from the very beginning. And uh, I appreciate the fact that you guys have seemingly thought out very well what it is you want to do and what you want your organizations to do. Have you, and this is a, a sidebar question, have you thought about when we look at the star map, is there any places that you would be, you are interested in operating out of? Or right now, are you just kind of waiting and see how things lay out? Have you already looked at the star map and said, hey, this is where we want to base out of? Or or are you saying, nah, well, we, we aren't that far down the road? Um, so go ahead and start with yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really interesting. Because um, like I designed it initially out of lore. Like, I read as much of the lore as I could and mm -hmm. tried to figure out... Because I'm trying to make Ultima into a, a millennial corporation. Because mm. I have such a passion towards the co-op corporation structure. Mm -hmm. And I want to believe that uh, it could last a thousand years. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I try and to, to do it around that. Say, okay, it's from Earth and, and it took all of these other systems along the way. But right now... I'm focusing on Crusader because that's where I've been playing Star Citizen for the past three years. Mm -hmm. So once Fuel's in game, uh, I'll have a better understanding on uh, the operations within Crusader, but Crusader is a priority. And once I think Crusader is available, I'll probably start writing some articles about that and get it up on some new sites about mm -hmm. saying how Ultima is moving into the Crusader system and mm. check out the new services that are provided and et cetera, et cetera. Okay, good. Thank you. Lady Grace? Um, the natural home for UAE Navy is really Idris. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of where we will probably do a lot of playing and dying, I wouldn't be at all surprised if it's Vega or one of the other red systems <laughs> because there are inevitably going to be people who are going to want to go there. And we're going to go, yeah, right. Okay. That sounds fun. Fair enough. Fair enough. Captain Kidd. Well, I think for short-term gratification purposes, Pyro is going to be a hot, <laughs> hot spot for us uh, internally. Um, we'll also hang out around the jump point. Um, you'll see us mostly where the lucrative trade routes are. Um, so watch for us. We're, we'll be the, the ones with Jolly Roger with a with the smiling skull. So uh, <laughs> okay. Well, we've got one question, and Fastcart's going to ask you guys a question, too. We do have a question from the chat, and it's, do you think CIG needs to implement specific things for role players, or would that not be needed because role players can just integrate virtually uh, in any environment regardless? In other words, do they need to do something very deliberate for you, or are you pretty much saying that if they just do the mechanics, that's that's sufficient? And that was from Shiver, by the way. For me, the mechanics are sufficient. The rest is really a creative process. Lady Grace, pretty much the same thing? Um, for me, you can always make do with what you've got as a mm -hmm. role player. But to be the best damn space ever, it has to have better support for role players than Star Wars Galaxy. Mm. Okay. So, Gellion. 
Uh, I just want to say these just because of my own experience. This is how role play fails in Star Citizen is that we need persistence and we need stability of the servers. We need those yeah. two things. Server meshing would be good. Let's get 200 plus people per server and then we'll be okay to role play. <laughs> I think we'll be okay to play, period, if we can, <laughs> if we can really? get that in. <laughs> Fastcart, was there anything you said you had a question you wanted to ask? Yes. Um, so my question is. Um... It's like, so the difference between uh, different MMOs is you can have a theme park MMO or you can have it as a sandbox MMO. Like EVE Online and Threat Citizen particularly is going to be sandbox MMO. Um, Final Fantasy fourteen is a theme park MMO. So what are the challenges or differences in, in having a role-play group or, or a guild between th th those two types of MMOs? Sigalian, uh, would you take that one first? I don't know. Can I pass and wait to come around again? Because I've never played any sure. other game. I played Ultima Flight Simulator and Star Citizen. I don't know about any of those other things. Yeah, we can come back All around. Right. No problem. Okay. So who wants to take that? Between, well, they're different. Uh, they're different. They're different challenges. Obviously, I mean, one has got more more restrictions and more guide more guidelines and mechanics backing it up. The other is more open. Mm -hmm. where you can throw sand in somebody's face um, and get away with it. Uh, mostly. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think the challenges are different. And um, I like playing both, actually. Um, I, I like to have the diversity because it challenges me and it challenges different. I want to go back to my, my philosophical conversation about role playing that I think it accesses something inside of us that we don't normally access in our day to day lives. And it's a venue. It's a it's a portal into a part of our character and personality that we don't normally access. And I think it makes it very special for that reason. So these two different venues, I think, are different ways of accessing mm -hmm. those characteristics and, and kind of hidden talents and skills that exist in all of us who are gamers. Okay. Lady Grace, any comment? Um, for my part, the theme parks are very, typically very poor for role playing because there's an expected way to achieve a puzzle. If you're in a raid in World of Warcraft, if you don't cast the right spell at the right time, like mass disenchant or whatever, you'll lose. You mm. can't convince the dragon to be on your side. You can't <laughs> negotiate your way around. There's no actual role playing mm -hmm. in, in the tabletop sense of the term. Mm -hmm. um, because the outcome is predetermined. You succeed or you fail. Um, sometimes you can skip some content, but it, it is a linear pathway. You're on a ride, mm -hmm. you succeed or you fail. And it makes me a little nervous that Star Citizen has a lot of hero quest giver chains now. It's becoming quite theme parky in that way. Uh, you do X, then you do Y, you get to talk to the NPC who gives you a linear set of quests. Um, you succeed or you fail, and it's like, oh, I'm not so sure I like that. Um, true sandboxes, you get given, ideally, a huge amount of stuff, and then you make your own fun with your friends. Mm -hmm. um, and there is no overt win-lose condition. You know when you get it wrong, because you're all dead, <laughs> um, or your city burns to the ground. You're lost. <laughs> but... You know, so there's, there's often clear loss conditions, but in terms of the win condition, that tends to be more about, are we still having fun? Mm -hmm. 
so star citizens at an, star citizen is at an interesting point because they have introduced hero mission givers uh, you can actually do quest chains and for a lot of players they'll really love that because they're used to the the scripted storytelling style mm-hmm. so you know I mean, i'm not against those i'm just really waiting to see what star citizen do in terms of free form you know where are the tools where are the missions where there is no set outcome mm-hmm. you know there's, there's like five different branches pick which one you want um, so we'll see um, hopefully over time that sort of maturity in gaming will come through it. Mm-hmm. Um, same way that Dungeons and Dr- Dragons itself developed mm-hmm. a huge amount of depth over time. So, yeah. Captain Kitsch actually preferred both, but do you have a preference between Sandbox or uh, Theme Park, um, Lady Grace? Um, theme Park's after a hard day of work. Um, sandbox is for years of fun with my friends. Mm. Okay. 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 Awesome. Did you did you get enough time, Shigalian, or you want to change your answer? Or... No, I have no idea. I'm learning this. I'm glad that Uber Nerd said uh, that description about theme park game genre. I never heard of a theme park game genre. I didn't know that. So, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah like World of Warcraft and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. World of Warcraft. What's the? I never role played in World of Warcraft before. What's the RP scene like there? Is it the same same? Well, that's a whole other story. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Witcher 3, that's a whole other story, too. Yeah, yeah Witcher oh, really? 3, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, we want to take this time now to say thank you to all of our guests. Uh, Sigelian, would you please once again tell us the name of your org and where people can find out about you? Yeah, um, Ultima Energy is the name of the org. Uh, definitely hiring people, you know, we're, we're looking for anybody who wants to be a part of, uh, something innovative, uh, check us out. I stream Monday to Friday, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Twitch, so that's a good way to reach me. Mm-hmm. I also have Discord and website ultima.energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell the name of your show? Well, um, I did my, my daily stream in the mornings, and that's right. just my channel. But the, the Night Crew is mm-hmm. a, kind of a Twitch group that I'm a part of, and we're a group of content creators. And I like to interview celebrities every week or people of, within the community. Had Operation Pitchfork once. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, check that out, Night Crew. All right. Lady Grace. Uh, UE Medical Corps. Uh, pretty much just on uh, the forums and spectrum uh, we have a discord but real world is sort of happening more than anything else it's very much a watch the space for the future mm-hmm. um, the main one is when medical issues come up in terms of gameplay design you'll see us come out of the woodwork then <laughs> awesome and last but not least captain kid sure the piracy brotherhood of libertalia tpbl you can find us on the RSI org webpage, and also we have a Discord channel, and the RSI page has the link. So uh, anyone who's interested in up-leveling piracy and uh, giving it a uh, viable and credible name in Star Citizen, come on in and join us. The water is dark and fun. <laughs> That's awesome. But do you, do you play Sea of Thieves, Captain Kid? Oh, yeah. You do? Okay, great. Good. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Fast cart, you got anything closing for us before we lit out, head out? 
I made it through the whole show, made it through the whole show without making an odd joke. That's true. You did. This this <laughs> a rare thing for you. I'm I'm proud of you today. I really am. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. It <laughs> means so much to me. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. So again, to all of our guests, we really appreciate you guys making the time to be here with us tonight. I do have one last special announcement before we leave. One of our sole citizens, Seer the Sixth, got married yesterday. So we want to wish him a very, very great congratulations. He's gotten married and he's out somewhere. We don't know where he is. We don't know when he'll be back. But Seer, we want to say congratulations to you. Uh, you guys know Seer the Sixth. He puts out great, great videos. Yep. And uh, definitely is one of our team members. So we just want to wish him the very best uh, as he's taking advantage of his, hopefully, his honeymoon week. Hopefully, he's not all tied up with anything. Well, I shouldn't say tied up, should I? That's not a good thing to say. What are you going to say, Fast Cart? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if she is a partner, know how much he's been spending Fast Edison. Oh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll have to give him that later. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure she'll find out eventually. <laughs> Well, anyway, listen, folks, we really want to say thank you again for uh, being in here. Uber Nerd, again, thank you so much for what you did tonight. We really appreciate it. And all the folks who came over and hung out with us. And, of course, our people who are here every week, we really appreciate you, too. So we are going to now do a raid. And I think what we're going to do, you know what? We're going to send the love over to, let's do Dr. Sergeant Tickles. We will hook up Sergeant Tickles. You guys know him. He's a Star Citizen streamer really really cool guy uh but he's doing golf it right now so i don't know let's see maybe we'll, i want to do it to somebody with star citizen let's send them to uh like captain burke really needs to raid but we'll do it tonight for him just to set it up for him <laughs> so anyway thank you guys again for coming we really appreciate you all appreciate thanks you thanks for having us thank you so much and audience we thank you guys take care of yourself be safe stay healthy and as always peace love and soul we'll see you guys later